The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yo, 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 yo. This is your host, Brandon Marshall, sitting here with my guys, BC in the booth. And we got Andrew out west. And who the hell knows who's on the Zoom as well? Because we got a huge team. Our team could be in New York, could be in Vegas, Connecticut. It's like that. What they do, fellas. What's good? What's, what's good? good? What's good? Yo, you know, we international. We stay international. Well, in the, international. How, how we, domestic, how, domestic. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Andrew. What? <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I went international first. I meant to say domestic. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, it's a slow day in sports, but it's still a big day because sports, no matter uh, what you're following, there's always a story. And uh, some huge stories coming out that we will cover today. We talk about Michael Parsons and the Cowboys. Michael Parsons, every time he drops an episode he does his podcast he's saying something that goes viral uh see bc i understand why you say you can't trust them but this is why they stay relevant right because there's always a story when it comes to the dallas cowboys aj brown is another big story um some talk coming out of philly and then also on the aj brown side what could potentially happen there they were just in the super bowl what they say, BC, it was it was all good a week it ago. It was all good just a week ago. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, so much more to talk about. Um, you guys good? What y'all do last night? Y'all have a great meal. Y'all have a good morning. Did y'all work out? Give me a quick update. Let the people know here at SiriusXM before we dive into some sports talk. I can't lie, B. You've been challenging me, and I'm going to try my best to start my workout schedule next week. I'm going to try my best. What, why can't we just start? Why can't we just do it? Because I'd I rather like, do it in the mornings. And I'm, okay. I'm kind of a, a hard-to-wake-up kind of guy. So okay. I got to, like, go through the weekend training myself to go to bed earlier. And then when Monday comes, I can hit the gym. Okay. Early. Okay. Okay. Well, let's just start. 
let's not start next week. I mean, tomorrow's Friday. How about we just start tomorrow? It could just be a couple couple hundred push-ups. It could be a mile walk, two mile walk. Like you said, a couple hundred. <laughs> yeah, two. Let's do 200, two hundred, two two hundred, three hundred. Two hundred to three hundred. All right. I'm gonna have to do those. Like uh, twenty five, tw- every commercial break. Okay, I could do that. I'm gonna try to hit two hundred. No, I'm going to hit two hundred. There and I'll you text go. You. I'll text you when I hit that two hundred. There you go, BC. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we could, we could, we could try that. We could try that. BC, let me ask you a question. How many hats do you own? One and two. When you wake up in the morning, how how you how do you pick your hat of the day? I just grab whatever I think goes with whatever I got on. I just keep it simple like that. I never used to really be a big hat person, but you know, in the older age, as it starts to go, you know, you embrace <laughs> you embrace the hats a little bit more and shit. So you know, I just grab one here and there, grab grab some hats. You know, I ain't gonna lie, BC, you kind of feel like you you might sleep in a hat sometimes. Nah, nah, nah. I put a good do rag on. You bugging? <laughs> so but you keep something on your head though yeah, <laughs> yeah right yeah. got the head top uh, but guys we actually have breaking news this just came in this morning and we're gonna start the day off with uh dan quinn dan quinn says he's gonna be leaving the cowboys but he'll be staying in the division he is now the head coach of washington which also means that there are no more current jobs o- job openings in the nfl for bill belichick pete carroll whoa. or mike vrabel so let's start with this. Did Washington Hold on, make... on. This, this, this started, this happened this morning? This happened an hour ago, B. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, my head was down to me. I, I didn't see any of this. No, I saw the surprised look on your face. The, the Washington Commanders chose Dan Quinn as their head coach. Yes, sir. Wow. No, <laughs> no. That's interesting. There's so many questions, too, because now Dallas loses their D.C. So where's that going to go? Uh, me and BC were talking about it before the show. He was saying the talent is still there. But, I mean, Dan Quinn was spoken of so highly. So let's start with this. Did Washington make the right hire? They had Vrabel, Pete Carroll, Hold, hold on one Belichick. second. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we get there, like, first I just need to He's react to this. Still like, processing. Yeah, still yeah, process. no, it's just like, <laughs> you know, because I, I, I felt like Dan Quinn blew it. The, mm. Like, how the Dallas Cowboys was bounced from the playoffs – I feel you on that. They couldn't. They couldn't bust a great. Now, obviously, we talked about Michael Parsons, you know, at the beginning, at the top of the show, because he said some things that I found uh, interesting. You know, one of the things that he he said uh, on his podcast was, "We were out skiing. They had an answer for everything." It's like, how do you have so much pressure on you uh, as a Dallas Cowboy, whether coach or player, and then you come out and and you put that type of performance out there, right? And so, if I'm a owner you know, or a, a fan on another team paying attention to the landscape, that that, that outing probably left a nasty taste in, in my mouth when it came, when it come to Dan Quinn. So that's why I'm, you know, taking it back here that the commanders chose to go that way, right? Because, you know, was, we were all sitting back wondering, like, who did they have their eyes on, right? And, and, and a lot of us thought it had to be a team that was still playing, right? Because when it takes this long, you're 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 thinking that's going to be like a McDonald type situation, uh, the DC of the Baltimore Ravens. He took the gig, uh, the Seattle Seahawks gig, right? Yeah. But it had they had to wait until they were bounced, and so we're thinking that. 
But this whole time, they're sitting back and going back and forth with Dan Quinn. You know, obviously for you guys out there that don't know Dan Quinn, uh, his his rise to the top started in Seattle. I wouldn't say started in Seattle, but that's where he really became Dan Quinn, right? That Legion of Boom. He had some dogs out there, and we're talking about that Seattle three. I mean, it was hard to get an inch on that defense. Then he goes, gets the hit. He's one of the hottest guys out there. Uh, he goes out there and get the head coaching job in Atlanta, and Atlanta just they could just never get over the hump. So he gets fired from there, lands in Dallas, and in Dallas he turns that defense around. So I'm not – it's not a bad hire because when you look at what he was able to do, it's not like, oh, Dallas Cowboys had everything together before Dan Quinn got there. No. Like, remember, this was one of the most tragic defenses out there. I remember uh, saying a couple years ago before Dan Quinn got there, I was like, man, this defense can't even stop the Alabama Crimson Tide. Mm. They were that bad. Dan Quinn comes in. Obviously, they add a few pieces in free agency and also the draft. And now, boom, they're one of the best defenses out there, right, over the last couple years. But I'm just shocked, BC, that Dan Quinn was the guy that they chose. Like I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't expecting this. Maybe they saw something. I mean, like you said, he turned the defense around. So maybe they're not making the the decision solely on the, his last outing. Mm-hmm. So they're looking at it as a whole. Like, okay, yeah, this is this is our guy. But um, does that say as as much about Dan Quinn leaving because because you left the DC situation with a team that's supposedly supposed to be winning? next year or like a a top contender so you left the top contender to go to a bottom feeder just to kind of be the man (laughs) you know what i mean just to be the man you know what i mean so i don't know like you said he didn't get it done in atlanta either so that's kind of shocking that they would go that route but maybe they just see something in quinn and said you know let's just roll the dice here but just throwing this out there guys he was a 43 and 42 in Atlanta. So it wasn't like he was a great coach or anything. It was basically a 500 coach. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 yeah, they definitely um, – he, he he definitely didn't get the job done there. Um, and then also, you know, the thing – I guess I'm still kind of like shocked by this. Who does he know I in really, the building, yeah, this man? Is my, this Relationships. is like my real reaction. Yeah, this is my real reaction right here. Seriously. Um, <laughs> you know, you think about news. The, the Washington Commanders – New ownership comes in. There's a lot of excitement around the new ownership. They're ready to move on. They're ready to move forward. All all year, you know, I'm hearing the stuff that's coming out from the ownership group, and it's, hey, you know, we we don't know about our name, or we're going to keep the name, or we're, we're we're trying to figure out, you know, do we, you know, renovate this stadium? Do we move it back to D.C. Right? And so you think about all the excitement that's around this new ownership. And and so you would think that they would go out there and find, uh, I would say maybe make a big splash, but like you said, BC, maybe sitting down with all these candidates, they're looking at the best leader. And and so probably Dan Quinn sat in that office and showed them that he can not only just call a great defense, but he can lead men. And sometimes, you know, uh, guys, uh, the second time around is better. You know, sometimes we look at that as a knock, you know, and I, I just did it. Uh, Andrew, you just threw that out there mm-hmm. where it's like, well, his this was this was his record in Atlanta. Well, what did he learn in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. How's he going to improve from that situation? 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Dan Quinn and his team. Uh, I'm really excited to see what, how the, you know, how the draft is going to pan out. Uh, Cause teams like this aren't far off, right? You know, you, you get that one guy, get that one quarterback. Um, you could, you could see a team go from worst to first. And this is a division that's never had back-to-back, well, hasn't had back-to-back division winners in 20-something years. So interesting. And I know, Andrew, I'm sorry to cut you off, but you had a couple questions there. But I I really was shocked and I wasn't expecting to hear that news. No, you're completely fine. Um, I'm going to ask the question, but I do, you know me, I'm always going to do some research. It does bring about the question if Quinn is the guy. Because I looked at their record, and since 1999 – They've had double-digit wins only three times. So that's 25 years going back. It was 2012, 2005, and 1989, the last three times they had double-digit wins. So The commanders. The commanders. So they need something, you know? Like, they haven't had great seasons this entire century. Yeah, it's, uh, Snyder didn't do a great job, Dan. Snyder didn't do a great job, previous owner. Uh, point blank period. He was one of those guys that we talked about yesterday. You know, when I first got in the league, him and Jerry Jones is out there trying to, you know, buy themselves uh, success. And what I mean by that is who's the biggest, hottest name in free agency. Let's go get that guy, willing and dealing. And then you saw the shift with Jerry Jones start building within the draft. And then also Snyder, he actually changed it up a bit as well. And so they, the, the, they have some strong pieces there. Now they traded away Sweat. They did some things at the, you know, trade away both of their defensive ends um, right before the trade deadline or right at up against it. And so, you know, they were known to have a, a strong front seven. Great, not a great defense, but a good defense, right? Mm-hmm. And we know what they have. They have some some strong pieces on the offensive side. So Dan Quinn has something to work with for sure. Um, now they got to figure out which way they want to go with the quarterback. I, I think that's something you got to address. And then obviously you can plug and play in the other areas. So just to reiterate my my first question on this, um, which I think you just answered. So you, you think they made the right hire or the wrong hire with Dan Quinn? We won't know. Mm-hmm. We won't know. I was just shocked because of how bad the Dallas Cowboys played in the end. But like BC said, you know, that was the fan coming at me right away. Like that was my live reaction. It's like that that last game should should that last game negate the three years that he had there in Dallas, the success that he had there in Dallas. Right. Should that negate that or the other things that he brings to the table, leadership and uh, experience Mm -hmm. as a coordinator and as a head coach. That's that's valuable. That's right. And so, you know, um, time will tell, you know, time will tell. It's not a bad hire. It's not a scary hire. I feel like it's a safe hire. That's what I felt like. I feel like it's a safe hire. Okay, fair enough. And final question on this for right now, until we get more information, do you think Mike McCarthy, like what does this mean for Mike McCarthy in the Dallas defense now? Can't trust it. No, I can't say you can't <laughs> trust it, right? Like you <laughs> can't trust it. This guy is circle of trust. Yeah. Right. It's going to be tough. It's hard to replace a guy like Dan Quinn. Um, we've seen people try this before. There's only there's really only been like one team that's been successful, and that's at 
losing a defensive coordinator and another guy come in plug and play. And that's the Baltimore Ravens, right? Uh, even the Pittsburgh Steelers, but you know, you still have coach Tom when that's there, like coach Tom, let's not forget before he got there, he was what in Tampa as a defensive guy, right? So he's a defensive guy. So Dan Quinn leaving, you know, you, you would hope that they would try to keep that system in place. Because these guys, that's what they're used to. Trayvon Diggs, that's what he's used to. Micah Parsons, that's what he used, what he used, what he's used to. But it's a different feel. You say, okay, we're gonna keep the same scheme, but that guy standing in front of the room, you still gotta be able to lead men. You still gotta be able to motivate. You still gotta be able to play, call the call the plays. And that's what people fail to realize. That's an art in the science. It's not just, oh, here's our system, here's the cool plays. You gotta feel the game. It's first quarter. What are you doing when you're up by seven or or, or 14 or you're down by seven or 14. What do you do in those moments where you got to throw the call sheet to the side and you just got to go off of the flow of the game? Oh, this guy's hot. This guy's moving. Let me get him in the right situation. So this, this defense definitely going to be uh, uh, effective for sure. Dan Quinn did a phenomenal job as a defensive coordinator. He's one of the best defensive coordinators out there. Yeah, so it's going to be hard for them to replace that. Maybe he didn't want to be a lame duck. He saw the writing on the wall this year. <laughs> Everybody's got, they don't get it done. Yeah, he's gonna bring back McCarthy. This McCarthy's on his last season, right? He ain't want to be sitting there. He wanted to be the, the blame. head coach. He's he not. Yeah, there no, he didn't want to take the blame for you know for the failures of next season. He's like, I can't trust this team. I can't trust McCarthy as my head coach. <laughs> I'm gonna go be the head coach over there in Washington. Yeah, he's, he just got off the sinking ship before, you know, before Get the big down. bag. Yeah, he went and got the big bag, solidified his position before he has one of those seasons again. And then now he really can't get a job because they look like, oh, blaming him. Right, right. Nah, yeah. nah, he nah, said, this nah. is the best it's going to get. Yeah, let me get out of here <laughs> yeah. right now. He was, so basically what you're saying, BC, he was lobbying for this job. He was the one. Yeah, exactly. He, he was like, I'll pay for my own listen. flight. Yeah. Right. Oh, there's an opening? <laughs> now listen. Hey, B, so what you saying that I, I need some football insight. Our fans need some football insight. What is preferred from a player? And I'm not trying to make it about offense, defense, special teams, anything like that. But do you prefer a defensive-minded coach or an offensive-minded coach? I prefer a leader. I prefer uh, an executive, right? Like, man, give me a coach that know how to lead men, um, that know how to bring it all together, that knows how to not necessarily motivate, but it's, it's one of those guys It's like, Man, I'm buying into your vision. I see it. Even when shit gets tough, right? It's like, man, these plays aren't working. The scheme isn't this and that. But I still believe in you. I believe that you're going to figure it out. So I'm, I, I, I'm not. I don't subscribe uh, to uh, uh, the trend of who's the hottest candidate because their offense was was good, successful the year before, or a couple years in a row, or defensive guy. Like I just, I think at the head coach position. There's so much more to it. Now, um, it, it's just so hard, man, like, to keep these – keep your teams together. Like, that's the toughest part is, like, can you recruit an A-plus team and can you retain an A-plus team, right? Like, these coordinators, you get hot, you get trendy, you're gone, right? So, um, offense wins a lot of ball games. Uh but what they say is defense wins championships, right? You, If I had to pick, I would say 
give me a, 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 a strong defense, maybe a defensive-minded coach, and go get me a quarterback. Like I like that combination. Mm. I'll go get a, a, a defensive-minded guy that can maintain a great relationship with the quarterback, and, and, and we'll go that way. We'll put a system in around our quarterback, and we'll, we'll, whoever that offensive coordinator comes, he has to adopt to that, adapt to that. Makes sense. And and honestly, outside of the great relationship, it almost sounds like you described Belichick and Brady. Defensive-minded mm. coach, great quarterback. Mm. So, yeah, look, hey, look, look at that, man. I see that. twin. See? I see twin. You see Brandon me? Marshall you see here, me? Andrew Wu on Faction Talk. Twinning. Let's go. <laughs> All right, guys. For more How About Them Cowboys news, we have some heat coming from Micah Parsons on his podcast, which he got a new setup. I haven't seen this one before, but Micah was on for the first time since the Cowboys was dispatched from the playoffs. This is what he had to say about Jerry Jones' recent 2024 all-in comments. Sitting here and, uh, you know, they're talking about we're going all-in this year, man. That's what I would hope for. You know, I'm 24 years old. I've been in this league, you know, three years, and i kind of seen it all. And uh, I hope that we go all-in. I hope that we go out and get the players that we're missing because we didn't do that this year. You know, I hope that we challenge ourselves, become better and become greater for us. Um, and I'm trying to say this in like the most nice way possible because of how like I truly feel. And As we can see here, we got Micah basically stating to him that, you know, you got to prove your word. You know, he wants him to go out, get the players that we're missing, because they didn't do that last year, B. So, Brandon, right. is Jerry's star linebacker calling him out? He's holding him accountable. Mm. Um, and, and, and and what we're seeing is uh, frustration. It's uh, contained frustration by Micah Parsons. Uh, Micah Parsons is, is, is saying this publicly, like, all right, cool, all that sounds good, go do a good job. Because when you the, – the, like the – what you gotta, what you gotta, uh, kind of weed through is, well, that's what we were supposed to do last year, isn't that what he said? Did he say something like that? Like, yeah. what we should have did last year. So that's where the call out is. It's like, all right, cool, moving forward, let's see what happens. You know, Micah, he wants to get paid, but he also wants to win, mm -hmm. and you can tell he takes it personal too. Like he's embarrassed. He said. I was embarrassed. Like, it took me a while to come out the house. You know, people questioned yeah. him. You know, reminds me of LeBron, doesn't it? Remember, didn't he have, like, a six-month hiatus in his house when he lost the first Miami championship? So he said. LeBron wasn't in no house in six months. <laughs> LeBron was in Italy and France. Right. <laughs> he wasn't in America. But I'm speaking of the mindset, though. You know what I mean? Like, Man, LeBron, he controlling his narrative and creating these stories. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. Hey, VC, yeah. LeBron was in Italy, yeah, in Paris, on the, somewhere in Cipriani, the up. Mafia Coast, somewhere. Like, <laughs> he was chilling, vacationing in the on a south of France. <laughs> yeah, LeBron wasn't in the house for those six months. Get out of here. He's in the house for six hours and then out of there on a jet, <laughs> on a Lear jet somewhere. But no, it, that, that, but that, that, that is the mindset, though. I'm not saying messing with LeBron, you know, definitely take it personal. And you do feel that as a competitor. And yeah. so when you when you hear that, you know, that's like those are the cats you don't play with. Right. Like you respect. That's why Absolutely. he's so great. And, and so um, 
I don't know the last time that Jerry Jones had this type of accountability in the locker room where you had guys leading up like that. Like, I can't recall. Yeah, I love I, it. I was going to ask it. you, has anyone ever called him out like this? Not to my knowledge. I don't know. I mean, because a lot of the guys love Jerry, man. Like, a lot, the, you know, the, the guys that go to Jerry's world, they, they love playing for Jerry. They say they are treated well. Um, so I can't recall a guy, you know, really challenging Jerry, like on like a superstar at that level. And I'm sure it exists. You know, it's I'm sure it's there. It's out there. But I just mm-hmm. don't remember. Um, but I love it. And I think Jerry appreciates it, too. Like, come on, bro. What you doing? Yeah. You should have you should have made a move at the trade deadline. And it's not because you had to, but it's just like if we're saying we're going all out, like we only these moments only come every so often, then let's go. Let's just take a chance. If it don't work out, don't work out. Absolutely. If Jerry's smart, in my opinion, he would take this as passion and look at Micah as a leader. Because Micah's not saying, hey, I'm okay with being a loser and being out in the first round. I want to win the same way you want to win, Jerry. So let's do it. Yep, 100%. That is that is leadership. And, and so um, I, I love Micah's approach. We just got to be careful as well. Like, don't do it too much, right? Like, are right, you said what you said? Now let's move on. Yeah, yeah. You got to be <laughs> respectful. You still got to be respectful. <laughs> Mike could be somewhere in Carolina next season. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys. So we we're going to move forward to a divisional rival of the Cowboys, and we're going to start with Philly here. Uh, during the Eagles' collapse at the end of the season, it was clear AJ Brown was not happy. So rumors of Brown being traded this offseason have started, but the Eagles receiver had this to say about the speculation. we got to address this because it's everywhere. Why does Twitter have this wild idea that you're getting traded? I don't know. I don't know, you know. Maybe they know something I don't know. I mean, have you heard anything about this? Is this like a media thing? Like, where is it? It's everywhere. I'm sure you've seen it. You know, I... Uh... You know, I kind of been through this before, you know, I'm a vet, you know, um, so, you know, I remain quiet and, you know, uh, if something happens, I'll be waiting by the phone and not, then I'll be right here. I'm getting all sorts of messages on YouTube. Why would they trade him? They wouldn't trade him. That's so messed up. Media this, media that, because it's Twitter. Are you happy where you are? And I think people are pointing to this because they saw you scrubbed your Instagram. Yeah, that had nothing to do with, uh, with, with football or, you know, that's me. Um, just trying to grow as a person, you know. I'm mm. just trying to, you know, block out any negativity that uh, um, that I can. As you see, that's one of the reasons why, you know. So, um, but yeah. All right. So essentially, he's saying that um, he's not he's not falling into the trap of the rumors. And even though he did scrub his uh, Twitter page, he's saying that those are personal reasons. Reasons. So. B, Twitter or Instagram? Did he scrub his Twitter or Instagram page? I believe it was Twitter in the video. Do you remember what they said, BC? No. Oh well, it was one of his social media pages, and I guess you know that could be seen. It's as a big like, difference because there's a big difference if you scrubbing Twitter. Twitter so fast doesn't matter. Instagram that actually matters, right? Like if you're scrubbing your your Instagram page of like, well, let me let's go to it. If you're scrubbing your Instagram page of all your employers you know uh logos and things like that Mm -hmm. then 
and, and you're leaving other things up, then that's a problem. Now, if you, uh, you know, you just erase everything, I can understand that. A lot of people reset their Instagram pages, especially at that level. So I, I can get that. At the end of the day, um, it's simple. Let's think about it. Let's talk about it from a, a team standpoint. If they trade A.J. Brown, they have a problem. If they keep A.J. Brown, they may have a problem, maybe even a bigger problem. Why do I say that? All right. Halfway through the year, this team is imploding, right? Well, they start off 10-1 and one or whatever the record was. And then all of a sudden they're having these problems. But at the beginning of the year, you saw some interesting exchanges between A.J. Brown and his quarterback, Jalen Hurts, right? He goes on a crazy run after that. 150 yards plus like six games in a row then all of a sudden they start struggling again and there was a report that came out that the atmosphere in the in the locker room on this team is chaotic and aj brown is at the center of it right so when you see a team go from like best so like first to worst then a lot of times it's like the chemistry and continuity in the locker room and so A.J. Brown is a dog. Those are the type of dudes you want to hold. You want to hold and try to figure it out. Can we have a kumbaya? Can we all come together a line? Because it's special having that guy. You went out and traded for him. Look what y'all, the damage y'all just did at the, this year. You didn't have to go back to the Super Bowl year. Yeah. But if you can align and you keep him, it's going to be a lot of problems. There's a lot of people that have probably like resentment. You know, like I've been in these situations before. Guys are sensitive as shit. More sensitive Guys than are, we would think, right? Man, sensitive as shit. Hold on to it for years. Like I had to call Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, probably like a year or two after we stopped playing. I'm like, you know what, man? I want to apologize to you. Bro, remember that day in practice? Like I lost my mind. It was just so competitive. He and I were just bumping heads. And I was just like, at the end of the day, that shit happened, but you still my brother. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you yeah, get yeah, caught yeah, up yeah. in football, but you forget about the person. It's yeah. like football competing, so much at stake in people's dreams and goals and monies and all the, the pressure. But then you forget, like, at the end of the day, no, I really like Jalen Hurts. He's a great person. This is yeah. my brother. We hang out. We have a great time. He knows my family. I know his family. Like, you got to separate it. And sometimes you need off seasons to be able to say, you know what? The dust settled. I apologize. You know, whoever needs to apologize, let's realign. And let's get back to work. So we we do know that something happened in the locker room. Things was going on. And we're not always privy to, to that information. We don't get that. The really good teams like the Philadelphia Eagles, they keep things tight. Those things don't come out. But they have to have a conversation and figure this out, man. And, and, and I'm not taking this lightly because, like, you know, when you have those type of challenges, somebody got to go if you can't align. A lot of times somebody go because we don't even know how to sit down and communicate. Absolutely. You'd be surprised, man. These head coaches, these owners, these general managers, even players, it's like grown-ass men don't know how to sit down and talk about, talk through some challenges. Because we're all emotional creatures, man. That's the thing. No matter how big you are, how much muscles you have, or how much leadership or power you have, like we all still human beings, you know, at the end of the day. But I heard you speak a lot from Philly's perspective, B. What about A.J. Brown? Should he want out of Philly? 
Like, should he feel like, oh, my time is up. I already done two years here. Let me go somewhere else, get another bag. No. And it won't be another bag. They'll just be picking up the, the, the same the same contract. Um, Like, you had, how many, you had a couple good years there. You stay there. And y'all try to figure out how to get back to winning and winning at a high level and creating some consistency. But also... If you're A.J. Brown, you want other guys to eat. They got to do a better job of getting Smitty more involved. That dude's dynamic, and I need to see more of that. So, no, you stay in Philly. Y'all have something special. Why would you leave? Had. Yeah. (laughs) It's a wrap. It's over. That's crazy. It's over. It's crazy. You think it's a wrap. These windows be real small. These windows be real small. You miss your opportunity. That could be it. You know what I mean? Like, we can't keep talking about Philly like they, you know, long-term. The big head monster, yeah. Yeah, dynasty Jason's gone. team and all of that. Like, yeah, you lost your center. You got to replace them. Now you you going through things with your, with, with your wide receiver. Like, head coach is questionable. Yeah, man. Like, it's these windows are small. Just like uh, my man in Detroit was just saying, like, he don't know if we're going to get back here. Or we don't know. The window, your opportunities are few and far between. Yep. We talking about Philly like they, uh, 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 you know, dominating the league for years. No, they had a good two, three-year run. It's over. And they didn't get any chips out of it. They're still going to be good next year. They're going to have a real good record. Like, don't get – they're not going to be seller dwellers or nothing like that, but nah. They could be, bro. Look, they they weren't (laughs) – it was it, it was kind of easy money, the last six games. <laughs> <laughs> they could be. You you got a point. You got a point, BC. Hey, it ain't always sweet. That's why you got to take advantage of your opportunities. Yeah. When you have them, even these young cats. We were talking about that yesterday with like Zay Flowers and the Baltimore Ravens. What was the one thing you saw? Like the Baltimore Ravens. Was it UBC? You said. You, you repeated something you, you you saw on the internet. Oh, about the, but the inexperience. Being, yeah, being inexperienced and just showing a level of immaturity at the end. Mm-hmm. Right, because you, know, you never know, bro. They you never know. They it's like know Zay Flowers. You get that opportunity and you uh, you get the taunting penalty, and then also it's like understanding being in that moment. All right, I'm about to go for it. We need this touchdown. We're going to change the momentum. I'm about to dive in the end zone, but I cannot fumble. That yeah. has to be. Front of your mind, the back of your mind, the side of your mind. Right. It, it, it got to be all over. Right. Protect but the you, ball. But you, you fumble. You, you, you the guy. You made. You, you missed out. You, you know. You, you, you made that mistake. And so you've seen that a couple of times uh, throughout the divisional rounds on so many teams. And it's just like, man, y'all don't know how uh, precious these moments are and these opportunities. And I was a guy who played a long, long time and never made the playoffs. Never made the playoffs. So, could could you see you know, AJ Brown maybe joining that Baltimore Ravens wide receiver group? Him, Zay, Odell. No, I see AJ wow. Brown staying staying his ass in Philly. That's what I That's see. It. AJ Brown and Philadelphia Eagles need to sit down and figure this out. Super talented dude, type of dude that you want on your team. Probably brings a lot to the practice field. Uh, brings a lot, obviously, game day. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's what comes with dogs like that. With dogs like that, you 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 know what it is. It's like yeah. he's not going to be satisfied with two catches, yeah. Especially three four weeks in a row. Find a way to get him the ball. 
That's why they fired an offensive coordinator, right? Find yeah. a way to get them involved, right. period. Even a quarterback. Like, I don't care who you are. Tom Brady knew he had to get Randy Moss the ball. Like all those other cats, you can do whatever you want with those other cats. Randy Moss come in the locker room. It's a difference. Right. You find you got your AJ way. Brown. I can, cool. You might be the highest paid player on the on the field. You know, quarterback. But when you got that dog receiver, don't get it twisted now. Get him the ball. Get get him the ball. Get him the ball. And AJ's but, but a dog. It, and I'm not saying and I'm not saying that the wide receiver's behavior is okay. Like like when they get to that spot. Right. Like you got to be able to have someone calm down, you know, get back down the baseline, do all of that stuff. But it, that's what comes with it. Do you want fifteen hundred yards? If you, your fans, do y'all want fifteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns? Quarterback, do you want fifteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns? Mister Owner, Mister Head Coach, then guess what's going to come with that? Same thing with a pretty girl. Y'all out there want to get sliding all these girls DMs and get these pretty chicks? Guess who else is sliding them DMs? You know what comes with that? Right. Y'all better know what come with it. <laughs> Sometimes it's headaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to know. It's not always gr- so, uh, I, green on. Grass isn't always green on the other side. Yeah, and I said all that to say, just figure it out. Like y'all can talk it through, talk it through, figure it out. But the best place for AJ Brown is there, and the best thing for the Philadelphia Eagles is to have AJ Brown on that roster. They got so many other things they got to figure out. You can't get you can't get away your good players. Facts. You know, unless you unless they go do something crazy and go figure out a way to get another top tier uh wide receiver. Right. But you, you got some problems on the back end on that defense. You gotta you got Kelsey leaving. How you going who, who's going who's going uh fill that void? You gotta go get offensive coordinator. You just brought in a defensive coordinator, which went over my head. I don't know how I missed that news, but I was reading that yesterday. Uh, Fangio leave the Dolphins, then go become the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's a big pickup for them. Big, they had to fix that. Big, 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 huge. Uh, Is that a pause? Might be a pause. Might be a pause. But (laughs) (laughs) debatable. Debatable. (laughs) But guys, so we're gonna move from last year's Super Bowl contender to this year's back-to-back Super Bowl contender. Uh, as we get closer to the Super Bowl and the big game, each day leading up to Super Bowl Sunday, we are going to talk about a different player and ask Brandon the three biggest questions about each player. Let's get right to it. B, today we are talking about Travis Kelsey. So our first question is, what would Patrick Mahomes be without Travis Kelsey? I love this question. Patrick Mahomes without Travis Kelsey. Patrick Mahomes in a discussion already with only two Super Bowl wins as uh maybe the goat uh in the nfl like ever tom brady has seven while we had that discussion but he is that good that he sparked this conversation super early travis kelsey a lot are saying even the greatest of the at the tight end position saying that travis kelsey is the goat tight end where would he be without him Patrick Mahomes without Travis Kelsey. Hmm. Is he like a Drew Brees type? Mm. Right? He, he could be. He super could be. good. And look, look, listen, super, super good. Super, super good. 
You know, you win one, maybe two. But you ain't that, that's kind of it. Yeah. It's kind of it. But do we think his dynamic ways show out? Like the side tosses, of that course. baseball experience, do we think that brings that him to That doesn't change. That, hold on. What Patrick Mahomes is and what he brings to the table doesn't change. The, and, and like Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But what makes them special is their them together, right? That you go back to some key moments. Two years ago, to make it to the Super Bowl, when I, I think it was two years ago, this dude, they went out there, they had no play. And Travis Kelsey breaking the huddle says, I'm just going to get open. Now, that's on both of them. Like, Patrick Mahomes had to trust, had to sit back, buy some time, and then believe in it and throw it to him, do all of that stuff. But it's hard to find that. You can have a really good tight end. But the the thing that made them great over the years is, you know, obviously them two and also Tyreek Hill, those off-schedule plays, you know, the creation of, you know, uh, those chunks. So – I, I, went, I probably went a bit far saying Drew Brees, but I don't think he reaches his full potential without him, right? Now what they have to do, because Travis Kelsey is 34, they're going to have to go find another dude that kind of can, 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 can partner with uh, Patrick Mahomes in that way. Because Patrick Mahomes is not just a pocket quarterback. He's not just a guy that's going to stay on rhythm and on schedule, three-step drop, five-step drop, okay, first read, second read, third. No, he's not that. He wants to go out there. He's he's playground. He wants to have fun. Yeah. He needs dudes that can do that with him. That, exactly. Yeah. That's what I think too. I think uh Mahomes still wins. I, I think he's in a better position better position than Kelsey without Mahomes. You know what I mean? Um so I I think Mahomes goes out there. He still would be Patrick Mahomes. He would still maybe have one instead of two right now, but yeah. And they gotta go replace we about to see in a couple of years when they gotta replace Travis. I agree with you too, BC. Like, it would be interesting to know what Travis would be without Patrick. Since we put so much on the quarterback, like, if he ended up somewhere in the Raiders or something like that and never had a great quarterback like Patrick, like, what would his career look like? Yeah, really great tight end, but mm-hmm. not the winning tight end. I don't, I, don't, I don't think. You know what I mean? Obviously, they make each other work, but um, Patrick yeah. Mahomes definitely would be more of a game changing player than a game Kelsey manager without without no game changing no not a game manager a game changer I meant no that's what, what i'm saying, saying. Yeah. i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure so the next question i have here for you guys is kelsey gronk gonzalez who are you starting who are you benching and who are you cutting no oh chelsea kelsey gronk and gonzalez start Bench and cut. Oof. I'm starting. I'm starting. Ooh, this is this tough. is a great question. I'm starting. I'm starting. I'm starting. Ah, uh, I'm starting Grunk. Oh, ah, uh, no, you know what? Damn. <laughs> I'm starting like Kelsey. I'm starting Kelsey. I'm starting Kelsey. Okay. Um, I'm, 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 I'm starting Kelsey. I'm starting Kelsey. <laughs> I'm benching. I'm I'm benching. <laughs> What's going on? I'm benching Gronk. No, no, I'm cutting Gronk and I'm benching Gonzalez. I'm Gronk got, got started getting banged up, man. Start getting banged up. But 
Okay, so you look at it's hard. I'm whole... just trying to. I'm looking for an That's excuse right question. now. I don't know no. why y'all did this. <laughs> I'm, I'm benching Gronk, starting Kelsey. No, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna start Gronk. I'm gonna start Gronk. Good years, Gronk. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start Gronk. Bench Kelsey because he's still gonna play. So that means he's still in the game. And then I'll cut Gonzalez, even though that's a tough one too, though. That's tough, yeah, that's our era, like BC. Yeah. No love because of recency bias. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's our era. Like people don't understand. You talk about just dynamic. We're talking about tight end. A hundred catches. A hundred catches. A hundred catches. Like too easy. He wasn't uh, a monster like Gronk. Go, running down the scene, catching and getting hit by two people standing on his feet, stiff arming, spit. He wasn't that. He wasn't, you know, he 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 was Travis Kelsey before Travis Kelsey. Right. But not yeah. as fast. Right? But we're talking about dude that like just so consistent, always got open. That's why I chose to keep Gonzalez. Put him on a bench, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not mad so, at that. Wouldn't be mad at that either. Production is going to be through the roof. So I, I, I let me be clear here. Make sure I'm saying this right. So did I say I said start Kelsey, bench Gonzalez, cut Gronk, mm-hmm. and I'm cutting Gronk because I even as a player, right when I was in my prime, Gronk's in his prime. I was like, I don't, dude. I don't know why he plays the way he played. Wreck, like, he'll just catch the ball, just run. Dude about to take his knees out. He just stays straight up vertical, get flipped in the air. I'm like, yo, this dude. I don't know how Gronk is walking still. The way he played the game. It was like with no awareness after the catch at times. And so, like, for that reason is why I'm benching him because at any minute, you know, Gronk could go down. Right. And then you saw that, what, year six, year seven, whatever that was, he started playing with all this stuff on his wrapped around his elbows and all that yeah. other stuff and being banged up and slowed down. So I don't know, man. Like, I hear all your reasons, but I still agree with BC. Like, I think you got to start Gronk, man. He's the go to that position. But question number three, guys. Kelsey, Is he? I don't know now. You're saying he, you're just giving it to him. A lot of people were saying that Kelsey's the GOAT. Yeah. More people are saying that Kelsey's the GOAT than Gronk. I would probably say he's the GOAT because I prefer his gameplay in a game of football. I feel like Kelsey does a lot of catch, turn, and already dive in to be on the ground. Like, I like that aggression that Gronk brings. Kelsey would be my backup because of, you know, an alternative. And then I would probably cut Gonzalez, um, unfortunately. But... Let's go ahead into the last question, which is Kelsey said he is coming back for another season, but he will be 35 in 2024. So how many more elite years does Kelsey have left? Elite years. I mean, elite years. Those those years are are probably uh, behind him. But you talk about dominant and still productive, highly productive. I mean, he can do it for another three years if he take care of his body. And then also his mind, right? He's got to be a want-to there. Look at Tony Gonzalez when he retired. Tony Gonzalez, let me do that right now. So I'm going to Google Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez stats. 
Tony Gonzalez stack. Bear with me here. Y'all know what I do when we need to buy some time. Brandon mm-hmm. Marshall here, BC in the booth. Yep. Woo out West, Sirius XM Faction Talk. That's called a reset. But we're going to go to Tony Gonzalez stats. So I'm pulling up Tony Gonzalez stats. Brother, he in 2000, in 2013, his last couple years, <laughs> the, the last year he retired, he had 83 catches. The year before that, 93 catches. So that's year one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. He played 17 years. Year 17, he had 83 catches, 859 yards, eight tubs. 2012, year 16, 93 catches, right? So when you ask me about uh, Kelsey, when I when you say dynamic, it's like, do you still have the speed? Do you still have the stop and go? Do, do, can you still go up high and take balls off a of dude's hat, helmets, stuff like that? Those years is probably behind him. Yeah. He still can do that at times, but consistently throughout 18 games, probably not going to happen, right? So what it looks like now is going to be him just being smart. Oh, I cover two. Let me just get to the spot, turn around balls right there. Just that chemistry and continuity. So dynamic won't be there, but from a production standpoint, he can sit in this space for another three years if he wanted to. I can see it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of his numbers are comparable to, you know, like he had 93 catches last year. And at 36, Tony did 93 as well, very close in yards. So, I, and also I'm looking at Tony's career as a more consistent guy than just having like a breakout year here and there. You know, like he's always getting over eight or 900 yards for the most part. And I mean, to do it for 17 years is incredible. Um, but guys, we're so let me ask ahead. you a question. So let me ask what's you a up, question. What's up? So why did you cut him? Probably recency bias. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I watched, I, I think just if I'm looking at it from timing of my personal life, I watch more of Gronk and I watch more of Kelsey than I have of Gonzalez. So, Is that our hour? Is that our hour? Not yet. Not yet. We're getting close, though. We're getting close. Oh my God. So I Am Athlete is partnering with Mobile One for our Behind the Drive series. And our latest guest is one of the best shutdown corners in the NFL and a budding superstar in Denver. Here's a little taste of our conversation with the Broncos' Patrick Sertain. The best thing about driving is just like the calmness of the ride, just enjoying, you know, every mile you take, you know, just looking at the scenery. Like every day when I wake up, you know, in Colorado, I see the mountains. For me, being from South Florida and coming to Colorado and seeing mountains, you know, instead of beaches, just sort of helps me understand that there's more things to life. You look at it and it's like, man, I could be anywhere else, you know what I mean? But I'm just glad I get to see the world, what the world has to offer. All right, guys. Make sure you catch more with Patrick Sertain and other content with I Am Athlete and Mobile Ones Behind the Drive. You guys could go ahead and check that out on YouTube. Let's play a new game called With It or Against It. We have a questionable call, and we need to know if B is with it or against it. So the topic today is Robert Sala 
Earlier this season, there was a leaked report on Zach Wilson that came from someone in the Jets organization. Well, the Atlet at sorry, well, the Athletic is reporting Salah threatened to take staff's cell phones if the leaker didn't come forward during a meeting held to address the problem. Jets coach threatening to take cell phones. B, are you with it or against it? I'm with it and against it. I'm with it because it's like a scare tactic, right? Like, I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's get to it. Mm -hmm. In the meeting, what's up? Who, who, who's the leaker? Right. <laughs> leaker, stand up, leaker. <laughs> the real leaker, please yeah, all right, stand up. All right, you know what? <laughs> Give me the phones then. Right. Y'all don't think I'm serious? Give me the phones. You know what I'm saying? Now, if he actually try to follow through with it. Now, did you say only staffers, right? Because this ain't players. Staffers actually, yeah. so if it was players, I would say I, I'm, I'm not with it, right? Like if he had to really go through it. But it, if this is my coaching staff, 100%, I'm with it, 100%. I'm paying y'all. I hired y'all. I put yeah. you in this position. Yeah. You kidding me? Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it, yes, I'm taking phones. Or nobody else come in this building. I'm going to go get me some scab coaches. Because it's <laughs> yeah. that serious. It is that serious. Like, shut up. You heard it. Even Aaron Rodgers came out. Remember, Aaron Rodgers called out the organization on Pat McAfee's show about this stuff. Right. Can't do it. Can't win with it. Mm -mm. Can't do so, it. Won't do it. <laughs> so, basically, the next question I have here is, does Salah need to go because of what he did to the QB contingency situation? No, nah, that's too much. Like, come on, man. I think that's too much. The whole that was a whole organizational like uh plan. We're gonna go out there and get A-Rod. They did a phenomenal job in every other area. Like this team is built well. Mm -hmm. So much young talent. You go out there and you you're making a bet. It's, it's almost a gamble. You go out there and you say, we're gonna invest in this older quarterback that probably has two, maybe three years left. Maybe three years left, and you do that. And, and, and to me, that Zach Wilson was the plan. Hey, bro, you're going to sit on the bench, and you're going to learn from A-Rod. Nobody was expecting him to go down like this that quickly. Absolutely. So I don't think that's on him. Now, you know, it, 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 if we're talking about the contingency plan being like, why did we wait so long to bench Zach Wilson? I, again, I asked everybody, what's the alternative? Right, like he even said, Well, Joe Flacco. Well, they had Joe Flacco, and Joe Flacco had his opportunity. He didn't do what he did in Cleveland, no. <laughs> right? Like, what was you want to go get uh, 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 Matt Ryan out the boot? Who was the coach? You saw what how Matt Ryan did when he was with Indy the last year, yeah. It and then, pretty. but the thing that we really got to be looking at it don't matter what quarterback is out there, Nathaniel Hackett. Like there's some reports that just came out again a, a couple of days ago where Nathan they're talking about Nathaniel Hackett, you know, the the, the attention to detail just wasn't there. Um, he they never seen a team that you know watches as you know as least film as as this Jets offense, but right? So there's still some Rogers questions, co question marks coming. Yes, Rogers guy, he's saving them. I'm telling you, if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers, Nathaniel yeah. Hackett would have already been out of there. He'd have been going mid-season. I yeah. think Nathaniel Hackett more is is the problem than it is the you know Zach Wilson or these other quarterbacks or or Robert Sala. 
but you can't go out there and fire him because you got Aaron Rodgers to deal with. I mean, yeah. what if Aaron Rodgers wants somebody else in there? Aaron Rodgers doesn't. That's his they, guy. What's Salah's background? Like, how long has he been with the Jets before Rodgers got there? This is his third years. year he just finished up? Um, I got it coming up right here. Yeah, this was his third year. And before that, he was a D.C. in San Francisco for four years. Get him out of there. <laughs> Get Robert Sala out of there. No, this is an organizational no, thing. It, it, what, a, lot of th- a lot of times when you think about these quarterbacks um, and these personnel moves, especially big ones, that's ownership, that's general managers, that's all – head coach certainly is a part of that discussion. But the way, the way this is ran, like – and the stuff that we're talking about, he, he was the fault guy. He's the one that got to be up there every single day answering to the media. Hey, when are you going to bench Zach Wilson? When are you going to do this? And he got to say, you can't go out there and say, oh, you can't go kill the kid. You can't really go yeah. be honest. Or you can't go kill Nathaniel Hackett. You can't do that. So you got to go make up some stuff. You can't kill. And that's what he did. But you think he he he, he made he made that decision alone? We we losing it if, if we think he made that decision it's himself, the coach. and that's why he's still there. Is because now Woody and Chris Johnson got to look at each other and say like, yeah, we are part of that. We told him don't do that. We told him this is what we want to do. Here's the plan. Douglas, general manager. Yeah, I, I'm the one that, that, that said no. We should be good with Zach Wilson for a year. So, is solid the coach though for these guys for this Jets team with? Aaron Rodgers coming back, it's solid. Like, was his record any good? Like, uh, were they good before Rodgers got there? No, struggled for a minute. Exactly. So, he wasn't even doing the job without Rodgers before that. Is he the coach for the Jets squad? Yes, with Rodgers. Yes, yes. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see him with Rodgers. Got my quarterback defense. You did your job. He did his job. You came in defense. You got us rolling. You know the culture's good. Players love playing for you. The fans even like you, right? How long of a hook? I mean, he took though. some heat this year. Took some took some heat this year. So now Aaron Rodgers, he's the key. He's the key. We he goes down with Achilles. Can't control that. How much longer of a leash though does Solid? I'll get? give him one more. We talk about it. In one more. Let's see what happens next year. Yeah, his record on that team is not good. By the way, guys, give me one more year. Can I get one more year, BC? Half a year. I want to see some. I want to see, I want to see something in eight games, brother. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. If Aaron, when Aaron Rodgers out there, hey, it's gonna look. It's gonna be sweet. Listen, you got Belichick. Aaron Rodgers healthy. You got Belichick on the sidelines. You got you you uh, waiting. You got a possible you got Vrabel. Pete Carroll. You got Vrabel. Vrabel. You got a Listen, couple guys that could come. Let me. In here, here's the thing. Let, let me tell you what type of guy Aaron Rodgers is. Aaron Rodgers don't want Belichick. Aaron Rodgers don't want Vrabel. He wants Robert Sala. If he wanted Robert Sala out of there, he'd be gone. So all the other stuff about who's out there, it don't matter if the general managers may want Robert Sala out. The owners might want uh, Robert Sala out. Let's say, I'm just, these are just hypotheticals, right? right. But if Aaron Rodgers don't want him out, guess what? He gonna be right there in one jet drive in that same office. Aaron Rodgers make everything Rodgers is driving the bus. Over the owner Drive, and the GM driving a bus. They, hold on, first they of all, he's not the, driving a bus. He's flying the, key to the, the plane. City. No, he's flying the plane. They're jets. <laughs> <We're> jets. <laughs> yeah. We don't drive buses. Okay, yeah, they jets. We fly they jets. He's flying. Okay, okay, no doubt. He's flying. They gave Rogers the key to the city. He's, he's the pilot. He's the pilot. He's, he's the, the pilot. He's the pilot. 
Wow. Man, wow. everything. He's only there for two years. Man, you in your heyday, two years. You're going to let that man just come in and fly the plane now. Take it. Yeah. You, come on. You just said it. What did you call it? Uh, you said the Philadelphia Eagles won't be what? Basically, you said at the bottom of the barrel. But what was the term that you Oh, bottom, bottom feeders? No, you said Cellar dwellers. Cellar dwellers. <laughs> cellar They've been dwellers. Cellar, they just been cellar dwellers for how long? Of course, when you get Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, you're going to give him the keys to the cellar. Okay. <laughs> hey, come yeah. open up this cellar. Let out all this great wine. <laughs> but anyways, uh, that's our show for today as far as talking about all the hot topics, talking about, you know, what's going on today. Uh, breaking news, big breaking news earlier today. I missed that. I was in a big meeting myself. Um, our guy, our the guy, Dan Quinn, gets the head coaching job fills that vacancy out there in Washington. Michael Parsons speaks again, and every time he speaks, it gets louder and louder and louder. Was that Michael Parsons holding Jerry Jones accountable? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, so we had an amazing first block of the show. Now I want to pass to a sit down uh, with myself and Mr. Cameron Newton. Now Cameron Newton started a whole category this year, managers versus game changers, mm-hmm. right? So we dive into a little bit of that and we dive into some other things. So please enjoy this conversation with myself and Mr. Superman himself, Cam Newton. Yeah. Came up from the mud, it's like I walk around with a shoe stain. Uncle gave me fire when we kicked it, he was Luke Kane. Remember, we were struggling for a dinner, needed loose chains. Now the money never Welcome back to I Am Athlete. I'm your host, Brandon Marshall. And today we go live. 
today we go virtual with a dear friend, uh, a friend that's turning into a brother. This dude, I'm realizing, is probably the most interesting guy on the planet or person on the planet. Reminds me of that Dos Equis commercial back in the day where the guy used to sit around and he, had, he was always doing something interesting. So we're going to jump right into it. Cameron Newton, how are you doing? Tyrone Bartholomew. My guy. Yo, you in the pocket right now. How does it feel to be in the pocket? Obviously, you're not on the field. And when I say pocket, some people are going to think about, you know, Cam jumping over this guy, stepping up, stepping back, spinning out, extending the play. But, boy, you in the pocket right now. It's like everything you touch right now is going viral. Everything you touch is turning into gold. How does it feel to be in Man, the pocket right now? Listen, I'm just a person who is living in their truth. And that's what scares people. And I think when you have this attitude where I don't have to put on a facade, this is just me. And I just recently just posted something on Instagram to say, how does a person who hasn't played an NFL snap in two and a half, three years, create all this ruckus on all these media platforms? So you can poke, you can try to suppress or minimize the impact as much as you can, but it's, it's undeniable, you know what I'm saying, that what I am and have done is stamped. And now my sole purpose is to be able to empower people to live in their truth. And the delivery of content now is now in the hands of people who are interesting. You know, we don't want to hear about the politically correct motherfuckers. We want to hear about the real motherfuckers. And shit, when they say who's real in here, shit, I got two hands raised high. You feel me? So, so you, you talk about basically being authentic, right? Uh, but you're also intentional. The more I get to know you and the more we talk and peel back the layers around business, you're intentional and there's a lot of strategy behind it. Uh, I think when, you know, you are real, and that's what this time is calling for. They want to. They they want us to be vulnerable. They want to see that. And when you do that, you know it can open up so many different opportunities. But then when you put the strategy behind it, intentionality behind it, that's where you see dudes step in the pocket. And I really mm -hmm. feel like you're in the pocket. Like I I sit back at times, bro, and I study the space, right? And I podcasting been around for a minute. This is the second wave of it. We're in this watershedding moment. Right. And I would say like the NBA players were really the first to kind of embrace podcasting. I remember when my agent came to me in 2014, he's like, yo, you should think about podcast. I'm like, what is podcasting? And I'm cool on podcasting. Now you got pretty much everyone's in it, but now you see more football players doing it as well. But yeah. I would say the first industry to really embrace it to me is like music. OK, mm -hmm. I go to Nori. Then you got Joe Budden. Right. You got drink camps. You got drink champs. You got Wallow and Gilly. And what you'll see is the ebbs and flows of it. Some dudes just might sit in that pocket for a year, two years, and then it might be someone else. And so I really feel like, bro, like everybody in, in, in a new media space, in this digital space right now, 
you might be the hottest right now. You got Shannon Sharp who's out there, and we can talk about him later. Uh, but, like, I feel like you're in the pocket. Do you feel the same way? Do you see it? Do you feel it? Um, yes and no. Because yes you know it's like no. in ball. Sorry to interrupt you, but you it's like in ball, bro. Like, you knew when you was the man, 2015 MVP of the league, like, you knew nobody else could touch you. You knew, like, oh, yeah, I'm leading this, 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 this race. You know what I'm saying? But how do you – does it feel the same in podcasts? Yeah. But I feel more dangerous now because now I don't have to worry about – you can't dangle sponsorships over my head. You can't dangle organizations or you can't dangle – you can't say that, Cam, because your teammates are going to look at you a certain type of way. Your coach is going to look at you a certain type of way. The GM is going to look at you a certain type of way. The owners is going to look at you a certain type of way. But this is what the fans – need they need authenticity and now i'm able to live in my truth to to not be fearful of losing something because i came into it off the premise that my foundation is me my team you know the content and all the content that i produce i don't have nobody backing me this is me doing it this is me using the game of football to say hey the funds and the capital that the game of football have given me has given me the cushion to be able to, you know, pay top dollar to, you know, producers, uh, editors, to, you know, people who have a fond more uh, experiences in this media space. And even though I don't have to be a chef to know when good food tastes good, um, I'm just like that in media. This is something that is has always been captivating to me to sit back and analyze people and, and, and acknowledge a good body of work. And one thing that's always in a good body of work is authenticity. And I can, I can like I say, be uniquely me in a way where I'm not trying to be something that I'm not. Everybody who knows is like, this is who Cam is. And now we're going to see more of that here moving forward. So so how do you navigate through the challenges of maybe going too far, right? Like you, like you talked about in sports, you know, you have sponsorships, you have brands, you have those type of opportunities out there. And for, you know, for the most part, those things kind of keep a lot of guys in order. I feel like the reason why I got in trouble a lot and, and a lot of people look at me like, damn, what, B-Marsh this, B-Marsh that. And it's like, no, nah, I wasn't institutionalized. I feel like a lot of athletes are institutionalized. I'll say what people want to say but wouldn't say or shouldn't say. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because of the team aspect and everything else. But being in that type of institution, there's guidelines, there's rules, there's boundaries, right? But how do you navigate through that now on the content side? Like I said, you're in a pocket. You know, it seems like everything that you, you touch right now, a million views here, Five million views in ten days in Charleston White. You know what I mean? Like, you're really in the pocket. But how do you navigate through? You know, making sure you get a return on your investment. I'll say it like money? this: there's there's pretty much three things you want to stay away from in any type of media. Uh, you want to take you want to stay away from uh, politics. Uh, you want to stay away from religion, uh, and then you want to stay away from just people's inside of views about how they feel um, from heterosexual, homosexual, uh, the LBGQ, like these are, or animals or things like that. And that's not my audience. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm speaking off of 
the things that I relate to. So it's not not being organic to speaking about those things, but if you don't know about it, then stay away from it. And I've never really been, I've always stood on faith, you know, born and raised in, in a, um, a, a holy house, so to speak, and um, Pentecostal background where church was a day, you know what I mean? Uh, I think politics is not something as, you know, from my culture or, or, or my household that was just like, it is what it is. Uh, so I stay away from those things and, and, and I'm an advocate of, of a person to be free. So that coupled with so many different other compound things that makes me interesting, that's what I speak about, whether it's sports, whether it's culture, whether it's, um, you know, my community. And I think we need more people to be able to do that. But this is the thing, when you go on major networks, you can't really harbor on those things because that ain't what they want the narrative to be. Right. Well, for me in right. my narrative, I want people to say, hey, look, African-Americans and minorities are the most, you know, artistic people that this earth has ever seen over the test of time. Now, we may not have had the best business sense, but that also is able to be taught just the same as other ethnicities, right? So I'm trying to bridge the gap of financial literacy. I'm trying to bridge the gap with just understanding who and what you are. And obviously in media, the, the, the common denominator about creating content is understanding your audience. And, right. and, and it's, my, it's my oath to them to be able to give them a product that is forever the same. Call it crazy, call it, you know, an outlaw, call it whatever you want it. You got to respect who Cam Newton, you know, really is and what he brings to the table. It's football season. You can get anything you need for game day delivered with Uber Eats. Well, almost, almost anything. In the kitchen with myself and Chef. Super excited about this part, Chef, because it feels like you're graduating me fast from snack to meal. I mean, you are moving a little fast, but I feel like chicken wings should come quite natural. <laughs> is, is, is chicken wings like one of those things that's kind of easy, everybody should know how to do it? Yes, you really should. Isn't it more about like the flour than the actual process? Like what makes a chicken wing a chicken wing? Like, <sighs> I want to say it's the marination that's really, really important is also is the texture. So you want a chicken wing that as soon as you bite into it, it gives you that. Right. That's exactly what we want. <laughs> and this is actually good for game day snacks because everybody, I wonder how many chicken wings they actually sell. I wonder oh. how many chicken wings they actually sell for on, on a Sunday morning or a Saturday night, right? Everybody's on preparing. Game day. Right, wow. right, right. So I love this. You know, you love the chicken wings. I love the shrimp. I haven't had any poultry in about six years. So we're gay, you know, you have shrimp. Yeah. So we got shrimp. What is the name of this again? We're having dragon wings and dragon shrimp. We had to add soy sauce, some cooking wine, and also some cornstarch. With the cornstarch, it's gonna make it a little crispy. Right. We actually added some egg too, so when we fry it, it's gonna go ahead and give it that crisp chicken wings. Let's dive into this recipe. We got everything we needed delivered with Uber Eats. We're gonna go ahead and just pour in some chili oil. Right. 
hot sauce of your choice, some garlic paste, the garlic paste, and some mirin. The mirin was also in your marinade. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the sauce. All right, let me taste this right here. Let me see. Dip, dip, little dip, dip. What you say, chef? The sauce? The sauce. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Yo, y'all gonna love this one, for real. I ain't even playing. <laughs> chef, they gonna love this one. <laughs> chef taking me to a whole meal. You made it. Hey, my house. My kitchen. <laughs> game day snacks. Peace. <laughs> There you have it. Get almost almost anything for game day delivered with Uber Eats, official on-demand delivery partner of the NFL. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. So, look, I'll probably spend maybe 15, maybe 20 more minutes with you. You know, I really wanted to get right to it. Uh, for me, the, you know, I wanted to talk about being in the pocket. Um, you know, when I sit back and I study the space, I can see you know, uh, when guys are really in the pocket. So it's been cool to see you and the team uh, really deliver amazing content week in and week out. Like, I watched the Charleston White uh, episode, and I'm not even a podcast watcher. It's crazy. Like, I don't even watch my own damn podcast and shows. I should because it's like film review, right? But yeah. I sat there, bro, and I watched the entire three-hour, 20-minute episode of Charleston White. I will say the last 20 minutes, I felt a little exhausted. Right, if I'm gonna be honest, you know that's when y'all really got into it. I was like, it felt like you got exhausted a little bit, and 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 he may have uh, hit a nerve or something. Um, so talk to me about that one, right? Because I also want to get your feedback on Christian Rock. Did I say her name right? Krishan. Krishan Rock. I want to make sure I get the young lady's name right. Krishan Rock. Uh, that was a big one. But Charleston White, bro, that was the one. And I remember you hitting me, and you were like, "Yo, I just sat down with Charleston White." This one is, this is going to be a big conversation. It's going to be an interesting conversation, thought-provoking. Now, looking back on it, how do Two you feel about I it? I want to bring up here, and great question, by the way. Um, number one, after, a couple of days after, I think the, we dropped it, obviously, on a Friday. So I would say, like, Monday or Tuesday, Charleston had reached out to me. And for people who don't know, I'm very skeptical and very in tune to my energy. I don't allow a lot of people to have access to me. So I'll reach out to you in a third party through a person or through an app that I can shut off or whatever. But this particular time was different. I, I've always reached out to you know people with social media and have real full-blown conversations and relationships in regards to like, yo, like I'm talking to them as if, but it, it, it really is. He reached out to me and I, I called him and one of the things that he said was, bro, I've never been so vulnerable in, a, in an interview before, and it changed me. And I was like, yo, this, what? You know what I mean? And he was like, bro, I just want to tell you, like, what you were able to get out of me is something that ain't nobody else been able to do. Yeah, did I say certain things before? Yes, but the comfort, I felt safe, I felt in tune with knowing that, okay, here's a person who's really asking the right questions, and you, you said being in that pocket, and also getting real emotions out of people. And that's 
as an interviewer, you have to be able to create that safe space uh, for the interviewee to, to, to produce good content because it's a, it's, a, it's a spar at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? At the, and when it's done, whether you agree with or not, we can at least shake each other's hands and say, you know, job well done. You know what I'm saying? I may, I, I may not have thought of it in that way before, and that's all, you know, um, some people just kind of get, but I can see where you're coming from. And that's pretty much the only thing that I've always wanted to do. And it kind of came from a way of a realm where I got into this space to be able to hold people accountable, top to bottom. And it doesn't matter who you are, from a parent to a coach to a person to whatever job title, you know, you have – that's all I, I, I wanted to do. I grew up in a household that that was the, the number one opponent. I'm holding you accountable. If I told you that your chores were and are what they are, get it done. It's not to, to, to get, have excuses for it. So my do you it, feel so my, Do you feel like you held him accountable? Uh, for the most part, I did. I think I did what the interview's time slot was. Um, and the second part I kind of want to get to is, oh, first off, this is coming from a person in media who I've been burnt before. So I knew how to kind of put somebody at ease to say like, bro, this is not a, I got your ass moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, this not me with ill intent to say like, talk about this and talk about that just for clickbait. This is, this is a culture mover. And there's not a lot of things that you can kind of pinpoint and say like, yo, you go back and you watch this piece of work or the watch this body of work and, you know, this is something that the culture needs. That interview with Charleston White is something that every minority person should look at and hold themselves accountable and say, how are we feeling a certain type of way with Charleston White, but we don't hold the rappers accountable too for what they do and what they say. And these are people who, man, I'm, I'm from Atlanta and I always tell people that, but I'll bump the same things. You know, you put that track on and I'm degrading women too. I'm, I'm guilty of, you know, uh, promoting violence too. I'm, I'm, but that's done in a sense of an art. You know, it, it, it gets really emotions out of it. So when I'm able to live in my truth and tell the person who I'm interviewing that, bro, I just want you to be authentically you and gain that trust as the interview is going then that's really when the magic happens. And for him to admit that as a, this changed me, that is all the validation that I need. The second thing, the second thing that I kind of want to get to is today, right? Um, and this was kind of the, one of the main reasons why I was, was, was running a little behind for this interview. Um, appreciate your patience, but out of the blue during my workout, um, primetime called me. Ah, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you go there, let me say this, because this is the only reason I don't watch podcasts, bro. I love you. I ain't watching. I ain't watching. I ain't watch our podcast and our podcast. When I came on Funky Friday, did well. My best friend from Pittsburgh uh, hit me up. Childhood friend, Davon Allensworth, December third, nine thirty in the morning. You better get Charleston White on your podcast. His video with Cam did one million views in twenty four hours. I sent back the eyes, like, damn. He said, just watch the entire three hours at work. 
literally said F Dion at least 100 times <laughs> in those hours. But Cam let him talk, and bruh went off. I said, Cam said it was a hit. He said, understatement. What did you like about it? That was my question to him, right? So now I'm trying to get feedback for you, and I'm trying to learn. I said, what did you like about it? Only thing I didn't agree with was uh, the hitting wife thing uh, and some Bible stuff messed up on, whatever. He said, grown man should get out their feelings about another man. He said he kept saying that Cam was starting to get, uh, get him to uh, open up more. And then this is what he said, and this will get us back to Dion. He said, every black person needs to watch that interview. Bruh is a genius. So, and then he sent me a few clips, and that's what forced me to push it. And I'm like, yo, I watched it, and it was really uh, phenomenal. And the Dion spot was interesting as well, and I love how you held your, your own there. So Dion calls you today. What was that yeah, conversation? Me, I was working out, and I thought it was like a butt dial because it went straight to, like, FaceTime me or whatever. First thing I thought, I was like, yo, he's seen the interview. And he gonna retaliate. He's like, bro, why you had this? Man, he called me. He said, Cam, what's up, player? You know, he's prime. He's like, man, I'm proud of you, man. How you been able to create the narrative your way. And this is the thing. He said, there's only a handful of black people, niggas, Minority people who've been able to say, when it's all said and done, I did it my way. Not y'all's way, not how y'all wanted me to do. I did it my way. And he, and he said, Cam, you're one of those people. And I was like, oh, my God, bro. It's like now more than ever, so when you're saying I'm in my pocket, now I'm feeling vindicated for the content that I'm doing because – like I say, I go back to it. You can't dangle a contract in front of my face. You can't dangle, you know, sponsorships in front of my face. You can't dangle, no, 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 don't say that. Say, and then if you say it, you got to make a public apology for that. And everything that is said, whether on major networks of, we all see it done all the time with local news, with national news, with sports, you know, content as a whole. When you have access the ears and the eyes of 50 million people, whether they believe it or not, you keep driving home the message that Cam Newton is arrogant, Cam Newton is cocky, Cam Newton is a distaste for his team, this, that, and the third. Whether a person knows Cam Newton or not, that person is going to believe it because that's what that person constantly hears. So me hearing that from a person who I respect, everything that he's been able to do, and he has some rebuttals about the, the interview, too, because he says, well, Charleston obviously used his name multiple times in a very distasteful manner. We, we already know what was said. But he said what Charleston didn't know is I helped build football fields that the community of Fort Worth played on. I've, I've really – made my impact there. So I apologize if the day that you met me, I wasn't, you know, the Dion or the prime that you wanted me or you expected of me because people like Charleston White said, put too much into humans. Well, well, not, not only that, bro. And I think you, you're, you're somebody that can uh, really teach on this and touch on this 
um, a lot of people struggle because they care about what others think. Now, I do think you should listen, but you should listen to the right people because the people around you and use the word accountable, when they hold you accountable, they help you. They help you mold and shape to the person that you're supposed to be. You know, they see things that you may not see, you know, mm-hmm. but like Deion Sanders is who Deion Sanders is, is because Deion knows how to navigate through all the noise, right? Mm-hmm. You are Cam Newton. You are who you are because you know how to navigate through the noise. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't hear these things. But Mm -hmm. as a professional player, it's not just the game on the court, but it's also the game off the court, off the field, where you may have a bad game. You may have uh, a bad moment, and now it's all over every network and millions of people are talking about you. How you navigate through that? Because every time I have these type of opportunities to sit down with someone, I was like, okay, what's the one or two things that people can take away and they can learn from, right? And so, like, this is something I think people can learn from because now social media, we all have it. And I'm not a guy that, like, dives in the comments and respond and do all of that because I'm almost trained like football, right? Like, we don't read the clippings. Don't watch that shit. You know, success and failure is the same thing. So... What kind of advice would you give to somebody who has social media and they in the comments? Somebody like, oh, yeah, I don't like your hair today or I don't, you know, or you trash, you this, you that, right? Like, so what type of advice can you give to somebody, you know, as far as navigating through the noise, I the outside this, noise? I learned this from watching a, a one of my favorite documentaries of all time. And I know he didn't approve of it because of the, the media behind it, but it was Tiger. And one of the scenes kind of was – one of his mistresses or whatever. He had 17 of them. (laughs) Whatever was working. probably had more than that. I think the thing that he told her that she said was, you have to be able to compartmentalize. Mm. And when I heard that, I was like, yo, I need need to learn how to compartmentalize. And before I even knew the word and the definition of the word or the right word, way to use the word I've been doing that my whole life in our culture as black people we don't know how to compartmentalize we lash out you know what I'm saying rather than saying hey I'm not okay oh I need some time right we tell our parents you know hey I'm just going to stay in my room all day and I'm going through something um, and I don't know how to verbalize my emotions these things that you've been an advocate of for some time now, mental health, uh, compartmentalizing success, because that can be the biggest distraction sometimes for people, not, not the failures, it's the success. Because if I were to go out right now and ask, hey, who wants to be Cam Newton's friend? Meet me here, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people will, 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 will kind of come there. But you don't know people's true intentions. My prayer to God daily is, I just I just pray for discernment, discretion, that I that I see people's heart, I, I see people's true intentions because it's easy for me to kind of jump on a scene, or come into a person's life or vice versa, and they say, "Bro, I'm here with you, bro. I, I, I'm here for you." But those things aren't tested until you actually go through something. And chances are when you go through something, that's when you find the trueness in people that you was putting faith in, right? Um, Whether it's female constituents or just male, you know, uh, 
appears, it doesn't matter. It's like, if, if, if you care for me, I need you to understand me. I have this saying that I say to myself or to say to people is, if you get me, you get me, right? And something so simple that it's hard to explain who Cam Newton really is in a matter of time, right? Like 15 minutes to, to try to put on your best performance to, to say, this is who I am. I'm this, I'm that, I'm that, I'm this. I'm Housman Trophy winner, first round draft pick, number one player coming out of junior college. I was this, I was that, I was that, I was this. I was, a, you know, player of the week in the NFC, multiple different, like that is what people know. But that's not what I hang my hat on. Um, it's it's really being able to look Jaden in his eyes, Shakira in her eyes, Chosen, Sovereign Dior, uh, Kamitis, Caesar, and Kashmir, and be able to tell them and the people who I love dearly, whether you know my partner now or you know the mother of my children, to say that I'm an honorable person. If I'm telling you I'm gonna do certain things, I'm gonna do it. And yeah, are there times where I get overwhelmed? Yes, I identify that. And I've been able to identify that in a way that it's not forceful, it's not fierce, it's, it's something where it's, I can easily say son, daughter, partner, homeboy, I just need some time real quick. Let me, let me process you know, what I'm going through right now. And then when I feel better, now I can attack you know, whatever task that's at hand. That's beautiful. There, There's a clip going viral of uh, your partner, Jazzy. Um, and, you know, she she's doing stand-up. And uh, it's amazing content, by the way. But she talks about, you know, the comments, her now being pregnant, and her being a third, and all this other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I loved how she handled that. Both of you guys are like so real, so authentic, so open. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about, bro, like the key to success in a relationship, right? Because I see you guys, and and if pe- like we'll, we'll play this clip later, so people can see it, because she's really like leaning into what some might say would be a difficult conversation. But she's laughing. She's talking about, you know, Cam is in the comments responding. People's like, baby, I love the co- I love that you commented, but they probably don't care. They can't understand you because the way you write. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it was a beautiful moment. So talk to me about it, like the, the key to success. What can we learn from y'all relationships? What have you learned that got y'all to this point where, you know, over the last, and I heard this, it's like the last couple of years, y'all been together four or five years, and y'all probably have only spent three or four weeks away from each other. Right? What's the key? Man, first off, and the real ones, they understand that that's my nigga first. Mm. You feel me? Um, there's not a conversation that, that is not had that I don't run it by her, you know? And I think people in relationships lose that art, whether you call it, that's my best friend, that's my bestie, that's a person who knows me. No, like, Peel back all that flaw shit, peel back all that fake shit. And love ain't just Instagram posts and Twitter posts and, you know, vacations and all this. Man, I will tell you the key to a successful relationship is catering to what makes you both tick. Because this is the thing in any relationship, whether business relationship, 
uh, intimate relationship or just friendship relationship, there's something that is it's you guys' kind of creation. I'll use this analogy. Cinderella's shoe was only built for Cinderella's foot. Whatever I sit up here and tell you now, that may not be your recipe for a successful relationship. But but you have to identify what you like. You know, I think a lot of people are in this world of wanting something that it was taught to you to have. And I would say this, everybody in the Bible was not married. Everybody in the Quran was not married. So stop the narrative of that being the case. The ultimate goal in any relationship business, friendship, intimacy, the list goes on, is not a figure or a ring or a, a plaque or this or that. It's, it's just happiness. That's always been my thing. You know, Drake has a line that says, the moment I stop having fun with it, I'll be done with it. And that resonates to me to doing everything that I do in a way to say, I just want to have joy. I want to have peace. And if you're a person who's filling my cup up and that's what I need, I need a person to, you know, be very a stickler about certain things, making sure that I have this, I have that. And in return, I then ask the question or pose the question or just learn and observe, oh, you like this. So I'm going to give you that. Oh, you like words of affirmation. Oh, you like acts of services. Oh, you like your space. You know what I'm saying? And you have to you have to identify that in your partner, no matter who and what it is. So what I hear you saying is, one, mm-hmm. you got to know you. What do mm-hmm. I like? What's my preferences? Correct. Mm-hmm. And two, you got to learn your partner. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said was you have to play into mm-hmm. that. It's not I hear playing you correctly into it. It's just being a student of your partner. See, I love that. And forever see, learning. See and, that? Because right people are always evolving, too. So you got to pay attention every you know, single day. We always day. tease each other and we say, oh, you changing. And then the rebuttal is, oh, baby, I'm always changing. You just got to catch up to my mustard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's just what it is. If you met Cam in 2008 and now you meet the 2023-2024 Cam, of course I'm going to change. You got to pay attention, bro. Like, like you know, we're a little older. I'm a little older than you two. Different experiences. And it's like, I think that's where we go wrong in relationships is we once we get that person, then it's like the the deal is done, right? And we move on, especially as men, we move on to the next thing, right? We're trying to conquer the next thing. And we stop paying attention and learning. Like, okay, why did that person look that way? She responded this way when I said that. Or, you know, yeah. what's really going on? And we just stop being curious. And that's where you start seeing that gap and that bridge form. And then you yeah. go your, your separate but ways. Listen, you got to pay attention. This is the reality. I don't, I don't do the investigation type of shit. I don't, I don't, and I also, she's the one that promotes our relationship. I don't do that. That's not me saying that I don't honor her as the woman in my life. That's not me trying to keep her a secret. It's more or less about, I don't care what another person may tell me about her. Right? 
And, you know, we're living in a time where everybody feels like couple goals or power couple, that's the thing. Like, it's, it's, it's redundant and irrelevant, really, because the same people who publicize their relationships is also the same people who are sleeping, sleeping in separate beds, you know what I'm saying? Staying at separate houses, you know? And that's the thing, it's accountability, it's living in your truth, it's being able to say, hey, baby, before we go to sleep or lay our heads down each and every night, we have to be on the same page. No matter how sticky this conversation can get or how uncomfortable it makes me or you feel, we have to talk about it. Because when we, I don't want to wake up to feeling a certain type of way, and that's what we've been able to do and manage over time. I don't like people in my business. I really could care less. Uh, the, 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 the due diligence that I have to my family and the people who I'm responsible for, baby mothers, uh, mother of my children, uh, needless to say, uh, my children, my family, um, my partner, um, that security comes with a bubble of protection that has to be warranted to hold on that's not for everybody to see that's not for everybody to hear we're going through something right now and it's not for you to bring your two cents in most of the time the most demonizing and disrespectful uh content or comments comes from the people who are more secretive to say something it's from a fixed account you know this is the person who has more followers people they're following than actual people who are following them or it's from a private account. So that just goes to show you the state of society right now. So dare I sit up here and take criticism from a person who I couldn't, who I couldn't take advice from, you know? So, you know, with all that, I say I sheltered that and try to be the best version of myself. And not only that, I want you to hold me accountable. I want you to tell me when I'm tripping. I know I want you to 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 keep me on my p's and q's because a lot of people receive uh criticism in a different way yeah and for me i've always needed that from a coach a teacher a parent um to be able to say no 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 don't go that don't touch that that's going that's going to burn you so yeah but some 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 people don't want it dudes some dudes can't receive it from their ladies and then there's some ladies can't receive it from, you know, their their guys. So that's a big one. Because I feel like if if you really love me, you know what I'm saying, you ain't going to let me keep running into this wall. Like, tell yeah. me. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that person next to you is the one that knows you the most, and that's the one that should be holding you accountable and in love, right? So mm-hmm. I love that. Um, bro, we can talk on and on and on for about this relationship stuff, you know, but I got to let you go. But before I let you go uh, – you know, in three minutes, you know, you be talking. You ain't, ain't too many people that can uh, put words together. <laughs> you, T-A, you be So, look, couple minutes. What advice do you have for me? How can I get better? And you my brother now. Hey, look, look, look. Make sure it's good that we can put out there now because you can tell me a lot of things. Um, <laughs> Don't throw me under the I'm bus. I'm going to throw you, but I'm also, you know what I'm saying, going to clean you up afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Respect <laughs> you. Uh, first off, uh-huh. for the people or the person who's watching this show right now, man, we have a show coming up uh, December 19th in Atlanta, Georgia, City Winery, the I Am Iconic Live Tour. 
please tap in, get your tickets today. Um, but when I see a person, yeah, see a did, person did we confirm anybody yet? Did you make the announcement? I know you've been doing a little bit of the work of making sure that we had someone that can grace the stage with us. Yeah, Where um, are we at there? A player partner, Southside, you feel me? Southside, pronounced with an F, P-H, however you want to look at it. Um, two chains, yeah. Ooh, how'd you get two chains, bro? You uh, DM them, you text them, you called them, or you had your people's so people call them? his son, Halo, right? And my son, Chosen, they're best friends. No, no like, like that's that, rich people it, stuff. And, and I had to peep it too. I was like, y'all just rich friends or y'all like real friends? You know what I mean? And over time, like it, it happened like two years ago or whatever. And then he was like, he kept coming home like, damn, you know, I was faster than Halo or Halo head taught me. And I'm like, Halo. Then all of a sudden, I seen uh, 2 Chain's wife, Keisha, you know, in carpool one day. And she was like, man, we got to do play dates. And I'm like, play dates? I ain't had no damn play dates growing up. But seeing their dynamic and seeing them react to each other, it takes me all the way back to grade school. And I'm like, bro, we all had that friend that we just grew up in. We try to do our best as each household to try to keep that together. And there's not a lot of true friends that known have known you since grade school. You know, we probably picked up a friend from college or, you Sorry. know. And, that was my and, homie. The only reason why I watched that, you know, Charleston White, Davon yeah. Allensworth, bruh, yeah. kindergarten. <laughs> he was like, bro, you got to watch this. I'm like, okay, I'll watch it for you. Three hours, man? Netflix. You had me watch three hours? Content. That was a Netflix special. Right. <laughs> Two part. Uh, but to, to, to your question, I will tell you this. Um, listen. Listen to hear. Don't listen to react. You know, and I'm learning that every day because there is there is relationships, there were situationships, there was situations in my life. If had I just been patient and allow that person to tell me um, what they were feeling. And some it, it, it's different for every single person. Some people are able to get to the point fast. Some people are, you just got to just sit. You know what I'm saying? Like Charleston White is a person where you just got to sit down and just sit to what he's saying. Uh, go through a lot of the minutia of, fuck this person, fuck that person, but what's the message and that's what I will challenge you to do just sit back and just listen to hear that's beautiful boogie hey yes, sir one time one finger one pinky one thumb one love Ah. <laughs> ah, did yeah, I do it right finally it to the dark side bro you're listening and you're hearing yeah I'm listening hey you rubbing off on me, bro. Hey, I appreciate man, the time, man. To it, bro. Bring your turn up, dog. You dig? Right. What time? Yes, I appreciate you. Bro. All right, bro. Love. Yeah. Came up from the mud. It's like I walk around with a shoe stain. Uncle gave me fire when we kicked it. He was Luke Kane. Remember we were struggling for a dinner, needed loose change. Now the money never stopped, and I feel like I'm Bruce Wayne. Ain't never gotta tell me that I'm going because I've been gone. Just wanna be judged by my actions, not my skin tone. The hustle man got my feet planted like the Flintstones. I'm yelling that we did it. High stepping in the end zone. I got my first check and mess around and gave my mama racks. Always had my backs, so and now I gotta get my mama back. No way 
MC had us grilling. Yeah, it was chain smoke. Promise y'all to make it through this storm. You need a raincoat. Look up to some bad. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.